So I would like to say Merry Mother's Day. <clears throat> Merry Mother's Day. So I like the sound of that better than Happy Mother's Day. If you know me, you know that I love Christmas, and we say Merry Christmas, so why shouldn't we say Merry Mother's Day? It's, it's more poetic, right, with the alliteration there. Merry Mother's Day. I like that. Maybe we'll start a new trend. <clears throat> okay, to have a merry, M-E-R-R-Y, Mother's Day means to have a pleasant, agreeable, sweet, cheerful, and lively day. Isn't that what you mothers want? For Mother's Day, a merry Mother's Day. Yeah, that's even better than a happy one. All right. Well, to help all you mothers experience such a day, I have a word for you. I felt as though God gave me a specific word for mothers for today in real time. So I would like the mothers to open up your hearts and receive this as though the Father is speaking this to you. You are doing well. You good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little, including little ones, I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And I know that's from the parable of the talents, and it has to do with money, but I think we can pull the principle out and apply it to other things. That's what God was showing me. This, this is one of my principles. That when you're faithful over little, and mothers are very faithful over little, that includes the little ones. He will set you over much. Do you think that God saves all his encouraging words for after you die? No. If you know God, you know that's his heart. He wants to say to you, good job. Well done. After all the little things that you're doing for your children or grandchildren. And that's the word that he wants you to receive today. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Okay, so now I'm going to shift gears a little bit. I have a play on words for you today. God wants you to have a Merry Mother's Day and a Merry Mother's Day. M-A-R-Y. He wants you to have both today. God wants to share the example of his Merry Mother Mary today and for all generations. Turn in your Bible or access on your device Luke 1, 26 through 56. I am going to be reading that passage from the English Standard Version. And I don't know if anybody else in here has the English Standard Version. You do? Okay. Um, it doesn't matter which version. Um, I just, I like to use the English Standard sometimes. Okay. Um, listen and or follow along. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee 
named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David." And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and, his, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken. And that um, Greek word is laleo, spoken or talked to her from the Lord. And then after that, we read Mary's song. It might be titled in your Bible. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Okay, so the first thing I'd like to talk to you about is the two authors right here. The first author is Luke, right? He's the one who the book is named after. And he was a physician. 
So I'm going to call him Dr. Luke that wrote this down, Mary's son. As a disciple of Paul, I am certain Dr. Luke knew the proverb, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dryeth up the bones. Uh, do you have that slide? A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dryeth up the bones. Proverbs 17.22. Many of you may have memorized that verse. It's a great verse. Um, could it be possible that Mary's song is one of Dr. Luke's medicinal prescriptions for good health? Okay, Dr. Luke wrote down four songs in the first two chapters of the Gospel of Luke. There are four songs he wrote down. Dr. Luke was also the author who recorded the story in the book of Acts where Paul and Silas were perpetually singing even while they were in prison. Okay, do you remember that? Paul and Silas healed that uh, girl who was possessed by a, by a demon and she was a fortune teller. And the people who were making money off of her got all upset and they ended up throwing Paul and Silas in prison. Now, I don't know about you, but my flesh would not be wanting to sing at that time. Okay, it was very unfair. It was very unjust. And what do these two guys do? They're singing praises to God. They aren't singing about the awful circumstances they're in. They're singing praises to God. And the prison doors came open and people got saved. Hmm, how about that? Luke is the one who wrote that story down, okay? Doctor, um, let's see, at the time of Luke's writings, doctors mainly prescribed herbal remedies and did basic physical care like um, treating wounds and surgeries and thus such th things. Dr. Luke never wrote down any herbal uh, remedies for us. Those seem to kind of change over time. Um, and it, it cost people a lot of money to get these remedies and these surgeon surgeries. What does Dr. Luke provide? Some free medical advice. Here it is. <laughs> Mary's song is one of them. Dr. Luke offers Jesus' mother Mary's song as a remedy for unhealthy gloom, depression, and the like. Now, you know in Proverbs you're not supposed to go singing songs to people who are depressed, right? That'll make it worse. This is you singing your song of what God has done for you to God to bring you out of the depression and... and um, gloom and all that stuff, the injustice that you're feeling, okay? You're focusing on God. The singer-songwriter, Mother Mary, quoted by author Dr. Luke, she was the source of that song. Um, I would like us to all say this song together at the same time, on the count of three. All the mothers, please read this song out loud with me. I know you'll have a different version. It's going to sound a little bit um, mixed up and not like it won't have beautiful musical rhythm. But we're all going to say this song together. If you have it in front of you on the count of three, we'll start with my soul, okay? One, two, three. My soul magnifies the Lord 
and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Thank you very much. Now, I'd like to take a little closer look at the song itself and point out to you three highlights about this song. The first thing I'd like to point out that it seems to me that this is a paradox, this song. And a paradox is uh, one such as a person, situation, or action having seemingly contradictory qualities. The first way that I notice it in this song is the pitch the pitch or sound of Mary's song. It appears contradictory. So I'm reading it, it says, and Mary said, but then it's a song, and then it's a prayer. Did Mary say, pray, or sing her song? Yes, yes, and yes. Were her original sounds high-pitched, low-pitched, or in between? For those with horrible singing voices, I am sure she said it. For those with beautiful singing voices, I am certain she sang it. For everyone, she prayed it. Mary's song is similar to David's songs in the Psalms and Hannah's song in 1 Samuel. Hannah wrote down a song too, praising God. These songs may be chanted, the early church chanted them, rapped, Maybe the church today will want to make it into a rap. Said, sung, or prayed. The action of singing, saying, and praying all at once appears contradictory. Unless all three actions are being done by multiple people at the same time to produce a symphonic sound. Okay. Mary's song, saying, prayer was meant to be shared. When I was looking at Mary's song, I'm like, I don't remember ever singing Mary's song. You know, it might be good to put it to some music and have it for a worship song or something. This is not a one-woman show. This is not meant to be a solo performance, okay? Just as we um, set it together, that's, that's the purpose. Luke wanted to share Mary's song to encourage us so that we can say those words about God that Mary said. The content of Mary's song also appears paradoxical or contradictory. All right? Let's look at some of the things she said. In verse 48, the humble or lowly ones are really the blessed ones. Now, when you're humble and you're feeling like you're like the low woman on the totem pole or something, you feel like, wow, I am so blessed right now. Okay? 
she says in verse 49, the mighty one does great things for the lowly one. So when you're down there at the bottom, you feel totally powerless. That is when the mighty one, God, can do stuff. Um, you know, the weak, he becomes strong for the weak. What else does she say that seems contradictory? Verse 50, he does not give God-fearing people the punishment they deserve. How about that? He's merciful. Have you seen him at work doing that? You know you deserve punishment, and it doesn't come. That's his mercy. Wow. That is not a worldly kingdom idea, is it? It goes contradictory to the world. He scatters proud people. Hmm. He humbles the proud and exalts the humble. Wow, that seems contradictory. Wouldn't you want somebody who is all proud about all their accomplishments? Uh, no, that's not the way he does it. He fills the hungry and empties the rich. Now, if those aren't paradoxes, I don't know what are. Okay, so Mary's song praises God's unique kingdom, not patterned, patterned after any kingdom of this world. The kingdom of God is contrary to world kingdoms. That's why there's like this tension and this war that's going on between them because the kingdom of God is contrary to the kingdoms of this earth. Quit expecting a, king, a worldly kingdom to be God's kingdom. His kingdom will come and it will swallow up all other kingdoms in his time when he has it set. And that eternal kingdom will be established and there will be no contradictions anymore. It will all be taken care of when he sets his kingdom in place. Okay, the second feature that I would like to point out about Mary's song is the person. The person that she focuses on in her song. She begins her song five times referring to herself with the personal objective or possessive pronouns, my and me. When we said it, did you notice that at all? In the English Standard Version, the King James Version, and the New American Standard Bible, all five times they've translated it. Um, her talking about herself. In the original Greek, she really only refers to herself once at the very beginning of the song with a feminine pronoun, suke. So she's talking about herself with the feminine pronoun. And then we've just, uh, the translators added a few um, pronouns for clarification. My soul, suke, magnifies the Lord. That's what it says in the Greek. 16 times in the English Standard Version, 15 times in the King James Version, and 13 times in the New American Standard Bible, Mary refers to God in the third person masculine. Did you hear that? He, him, all those personal pronouns. And the pronouns he and his referring back to the masculine, masculine noun kurios in the Greek, kurios. Okay, that's a masculine noun, and then they use the pronouns to refer back to that, meaning Lord, and spoken of by both Elizabeth and Mary. Okay, Elizabeth referred to, to Kurios in Luke 1.45, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. 
kurios, okay, masculine noun. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord, kurios, masculine noun. Um, Elizabeth and Mary's focus is straight on the Lord, both of them. That is a 5 to 16 translation ratio of Mary to God in her song in the English Standard Version. Now, Mary, so that means Mary spent over two-thirds of her time focusing on who God is versus who she was in her song. Notice the bulk of the focus? It's not on herself. It's on God. Regardless of the translation or original language perspective, we know that Mary did not have herself as the focus of her song. She was focused foremost on the person of God. Okay, in the Eastern mindset, they wouldn't be counting all the pronouns, okay, like I did here. But the bulk of it, they would want you to get that general gist, gist that most of the uh, song is focused on God. If you want healing, if you want to get out of your depression, start focusing on God and start saying or singing about the things that you know he has done in your life or you've seen that he's done in somebody else's life. All the great things. Okay, another outstanding feature, and oh, I love looking at this one in Mary's song, is the promise. Okay? Um, the prevalent, if something's prevalent, it's widespread, general, or common. The prevalent promise she talks about at the end of her song. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. What is that promise that she's referring back to out of the Old Testament? Here's this 14-year-old girl at the time of Jesus who apparently can read. She knows the Old Testament, Right? She's um, referring back to it. What is this common promise to Abraham's offspring? Well, you go back to Genesis. Genesis 22, 15 through 18 is when we first hear about it, but that's not the last time. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemy, enemies. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. Okay, In the New Testament, Paul wrote, in other words, it is not the children by physical descent who are God's children, but it is the children of the promise who are regarded as Abraham's offspring. Okay, so if you have been born again into God's kingdom, you are, have access to the Abrahamic blessing. That your offspring will be as the sand of the seashore, and that through you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. That is a prevalent offspring for all of God's, uh, prevalent promise for all of God's offspring. That is for you. Do you believe it? If you're born again, do you believe that? 
Do you believe you're going to have generations that come from your family and that you will bless the nations? Yeah, Mary believed it. Okay. Now, there was another promise in this uh, whole story about Mary. It was the personal, unique, individual, particular promise. It was Mary's personal promise that led her to singing or writing this song. Okay? Mary's particular individualized promise came through the angel Gabriel. It was a spoken word to her rooted in Old Testament prophecies. The angel came and spoke this unique word to her. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will, to his kingdom there will be no end. Mary's particular individualized promise came through the angel Gabriel. It was a spoken word rooted in the Old Testament prophecies, which produced her individualized song. God has a kind of IEP, Individualized Education Program, for each one of us. In education, they'll, um, maybe somebody needs a little extra help in certain areas, so they make this plan for them that addresses those. I think all of us need a little bit of extra help. Yeah, I need an individualized education plan written up by God and spoken to me to help me to get it right. Okay? Um, so he has one for you, too. He has that kind of promise and plan for you. Do you believe that? It is his holy, unique map that each may follow if we listen to his voice and obey his instructions. So that's the only way that the plan, think about it, a student in school, if they have their IEP, they have to listen to what they have to do and they have to follow along with that in order for the outcome to change. Mothers, you will never have Mary's plan. She was the only one, she was that, that unique plan for her, she was the only one who would carry the Messiah Nobody else is going to do that. If somebody else tells you they're the Messiah, they're lying. Mary is the one who birthed the Messiah, and it was spoken to her that it would happen. Mothers, you will never have anyone else's plan. Don't even want their plan. It's not the one God has for you. You're a one-of-a-kind, unique person. God has a holy, spoken, individualized plan for you rooted in the written word. Unique. We're each one made uniquely in the image of God. There is no one else like you. God made you that way for a reason. He really likes the way that he made you. He likes the purpose that he has for you. He doesn't like it when you listen to other people tell you the plan that they think you should have. Okay? 
Mothers, his plan will never contradict his written word. Mothers, his spoken plan will be specific to his design for you. Mothers, this is a big one, he will implement the plan. You will watch it unfold as you obey him. I can remember back in the 70s, God spoke by his spirit to me straight on. Personally, I heard him speak to me uh, uh, something about me that I was just like, oh, my word, how's that going to happen? You know, that kind of thing that Mary had. I'm like, and I've watched it unfold. It's still unfolding. I'm like, whoa, that was definitely God because I see it happening. All I have to do is obey him in the little decisions of every day. Mothers, you can trust his plan for you. You cannot trust your own plan or someone else's plan. Now let's think back to Abraham. That promise that came to Abraham, what did Abraham and Sarah do first before they were trusting God's plan? They tried to make it happen in the way they thought it should happen. It created trouble. Yeah, if you try to, if you hear the plan for yourself and you heard it right and then you try to make it happen, uh, you're going to get some trouble. And it's going to make trouble for other people too. Okay? Mothers, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken, laleo, to her from the Lord. When you believe what God is speaking to you in your individual plan, you don't try to make it happen because you could be wrong too. You could have, like, some people, they say, oh, I heard from the Lord, and it was just their own thought. You know, it's like, well, we'll see. So how do you know it is his voice telling you his plan? Well, from today's scripture of Mary's song, we know his plan will be confirmed by circumstances. Mary did indeed conceive a son and named him Jesus. It really happened. Okay, so maybe you thought you heard a word from the Lord and um, nothing, 40 years from now, nothing has happened that, um, that, brings the, that is bringing that about. You could have made a mistake. It's all right. You're allowed to say you made a mistake. But if God tells you and then you see things in your circumstances start to align with that, just know, oh, that was definitely God. All Mary had to do was go along with the plan. That's all you and I have to do. Go along with the plan. All right, how else will you know if it's God's voice that spoke to you? It will be confirmed by other people. Mary's cousin Elizabeth confirmed Mary's personal promise. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. This is before Mary even knew that, you know, that she was actually pregnant with the Messiah. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And blessed is, so she could have actually, the conception might have already happened there. I don't know if we know the exact time. but And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. So her cousin Elizabeth confirms what Mary heard from the um, angel Gabriel. Another thing that you will know that it's um, 
from the Lord, whatever your personal word is, it will have the best possible outcome for the greatest number of people. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, Mary said. Because Mary was blessed, we are blessed. So there are people who think they've heard this word from the Lord, but it only benefits themselves. You know, it's all about them. It contradicts the written word. You know, in the past I've heard people say, oh, I'm supposed to marry this guy. Well, he's married. That is not God. You are not hearing a word from God, okay? When it contradicts the written word and it's um, not confirmed by other people and it's not confirmed by circumstances, you're going to make it happen and it's only going to benefit you and it's going to hurt everybody else involved, that is not a promise from God. That's your own imagination, and we're supposed to cast those down, those worthless imaginations. So um, if that has happened to you, ask for prayer. From um, You can come up, and I'll pray for you if you want. Okay. Because Mary was blessed, we are blessed, right? Think of the outcome of what this 14-year-old girl did. Because Mary was blessed, all of mankind may be saved through her son. Did he just die for a few people? No, he died for everyone. Now, is everyone going to accept that and believe that? No, it's, it's their choice, you know, but the opportunity's there. Because Mary was blessed, healing came through Jesus for all nations, tribes, and tongues. Mary is not our Savior, but her cooperation brought about her son and our Messiah's first appearance on earth. Isn't that cool? And it benefited generation after generation just because a 14-year-old girl went along with God's plan. So um, Mary's song is sometimes known as the Magnificat, and it's sung that way. And Magnificat is the first word of her song in Latin. It means you know, to glorify. So when they translated the um, Latin Vulgate, that the word they used in there was magnificat because it's Latin. But it means to glorify, magnify. Okay, do we need to magnify God? When I go out at night and I look up at the sky and look at all the constellations and the planets and the Milky Way, I mean, I'm just like, oh, my word, God you are so great, big. My mind is just, I can't comprehend it. You're so big. And he wants us to start looking at stuff like that. He wants us to start talking about how great and magnificent he is. Because we start seeing him a little bit closer to who he really is. I mean, he is great. So that when we're on this earth and we think, oh my word, the devil's doing this and that. But it's like, we're not looking at that. We're, we're looking first and foremost at how great God is. He is great beyond our wildest imaginations. And they just keep discovering more and more about the solar systems and all that. And he's the one that made it all. That could not just happen. That is a plan that he implemented. And it is a great big one. Okay. Mary's song, as I said before, is the first of four songs in Luke. And it's not the last we hear of her song. 
okay? So I hope that you um, can go back to it. If you don't have a great voice, just say her song along with her. Maybe some of you will want to put some music to it and sing along. It doesn't have to be a song that ends up on the worship um, team up here, but it might. Okay, when I first, um, when I first was um, getting a download about Mary's song from God and I was walking out in the woods, all of a sudden this song of mine started coming out. It was me expressing who God is to me, okay? He's the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and I called it my people. And I got back home and I looked it up, and Blessing Offer already has one called my people. So I can't use that title. But um, I am praying that songs will come out of your heart. These are songs or sayings of, of what you think about God. How great he is. You're allowed to tell him, okay? You're allowed to express yourself. You're allowed to write it down about how great he is. In order to launch a new wave of songwriting today, I'm hoping that you will go out of here and these new songs will come out of your heart and your mouth, maybe even onto paper. We are going to play a new version of the doxology, Okay, sung by Christine DeMarco from Bethel. Now, the doxology is all about praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. And that's it. And it was a call to praise God. And one of the churches I went to as a teenager, the evangelical church, we, we sang that every Sunday after the service was over. But it was more like this, praise God from whom all. But even, even that, it stuck with me. I love that song. And so thankfully, there's a, an updated version calling us to praise God. And it's, uh, like I said, Bethel um, put it out. And we're going to play the video. It's just over four minutes long. What I would like is that the mothers, grandmothers, godmothers, stepmothers, wannabe mothers would please stand. And you can listen to um, Christine, what is her name again? DeMarco. Christine DeMarco, I think she was born in Niagara Falls. Sing this song. Please stand up now. And then... You could listen to the first time that she goes through the words, but then I want you to start singing along with her, okay? Sing along with her. And she says amen quite a few times. She gives the interpretation. I mean, amen means so be it. She incorporates a little bit of the Lord's Prayer in there. But I want to hear you singing this song of praise as a charge for all of us to go out of here and to be singer-songwriters like Mary, like other women in the past who have songs of praise going up to God more than we have songs of, uh, more than we say complaining and um, words of death over people and stuff like that. A wave of new songs coming out of you ladies today. I hope to hear you singing and saying some of the th songs that, that are going to be released in you today. 
your, what's in your heart about how great God is, may it be released. It has nothing to do with your circumstances. It has everything to do with how great God is. So you can go ahead and start that um, song, and we will join in. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Yes. Well, Father, thank you. We do praise you and thank you. I thank you for this encouraging word for these women. I thank you for letting us know what you think about the job that they're doing when nobody else sees it, when nobody else knows the little things that they're doing. You are saying, well done, good and faithful servants. Well done. Well done. And I just pray from this day forward that your heart will open up and that words of worship and praise of how great God is will come out of your mouth, will be written down with um, pens or typed on computers, and that there will be just such a wave of encouragement that it will press the enemy right away. The devil doesn't like to hear this. He goes away. He doesn't want to hear it. Yeah, if you need him to go away, start singing songs of worship that come out of your own heart about what you know and see about God and what he has done for you. May you go in his blessing and his peace. May the blessing of Abraham be upon all of you who believe. And may your personal blessing and promise be made clear to you. If you don't know what it is, you can come up. Maybe somebody will have a word from God. I don't know. Maybe it'll be like me. I heard directly and this stuff started happening. All right. So have a merry Mother's Day.